we're in um, week three of this series we've been doing on the book of Exodus. I loved the songs the, that we sang earlier. I could, I could just sense them. Like, I mean, I know that Justin spends time and, and thinking about songs, and, and um, it was just perfect to line up with what we're talking about. If you happen to miss week one or two, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it or watch it because what we're finding is, is they definitely build upon each other. And as we look at the book of Exodus, what we find is God is having so far this communication with Moses about what he desires to do for his people. And what does he desire to do? His people are in bondage. His people are in slavery. And God wants to bring them out of that. He wants to bring them into new life. He wants to renew their lives. He wants to bring revival to their dead lives. And he wants to work that in them. And it's exactly true for you and I today. He wants to do the same thing. He wants to bring us out of what we've been a part of, of what's been holding us back from, from knowing him and being in, in relationship with him. And this is what he wants to do. And so um, th- we're going to talk today in Exodus chapter 6 is where we're going to be. Chapter 6 is, and today is like note takers, like paradise today for those of you that like to take notes. Um, in, in my opinion, I don't know. You might go, no, I didn't write anything down. That's fine too. But here's the deal. Okay, packed into Seven verses, seven, seven verses, what we find today, and we're going to look closely at these, are four self-declarations that God makes about himself, four recollections that he reminds Moses of, and seven promises that he makes, seven promises, four declarations, four recollections, and seven promises that God makes, shares to Moses, and wants him to share with his people. So beginning in verse 2 of Exodus chapter 6, it says this, And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh, the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty, but I did not reveal my name Yahweh to them. Okay, keep that in mind, right? So he's saying, I, I, I said I'm El Shaddai to them, but now I'm telling you, Moses, I'm also Yahweh. Verse 4, and I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promised to give them the land of Canaan where they were living as foreigners. Okay, it wasn't theirs. They were just living there. You can be sure that I have heard the groans of the people of Israel who are now slaves to the Egyptians. And I am well aware of my covenant with them. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will free you from your oppression and will rescue you from your slavery in Egypt. I will redeem you with a powerful arm and great acts of judgment. I will claim you as my own people and I will be your God. Then... You will know that I am the Lord, your God, who has freed you from the oppression in Egypt. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. Four declarations, four recollections, and seven promises all right here. So these declarations... In verses 2 and 6 and 7 and 8, God declares, I am, I am Yahweh. 
I am Yahweh. And the meaning of the name Yahweh is he who makes that which has been made. He who makes that which has been made. This is what the name Yahweh means about God. This is what it says about who God is. It's that he never had a beginning. He never had a starting point. He never, you know, I remember as a kid, it's like, who made God? Nobody made God. God always has been. He has no beginning. He simply is. He always was. He always will be. Another thing that Yahweh says about God is that everything that is not God totally depends on God. He's the creator of all things. It, it, anything, everything that is not God came into being by God and it stays in being because God allows it to do so. This is what the name Yahweh means. It means that he is constant he is constant. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's not waiting for you, for me, to do something, to say something, to, to pray something so that now he can become a better God. No, he is constant. He always has been and remains to be God the same. He is what the name Yahweh means. What it says about him is that he is the absolute standard, the absolute standard of what is right and what is good what is beautiful, what is holy, he is the standard. There is no other standard. And, and what the name Yahweh means, and this is the one that really just, it has challenged me this week. And, and, it, and it shouldn't, but, it, but I understand why it does, and you know, that whole tension we live in as believers sometimes. What the name Yahweh says about God is that he is the most important and the most valuable reality in the universe. He, he's, he is more worthy of attention and interest and admiration and enjoyment than all other realities. Who is the Lord? I am the Lord Yahweh, God says. And it's true in Exodus, as he expresses this to Moses, and it's true for you and me today. This is who he is. And so as we see how God is wanting to renew and revive his people in Exodus, if spiritual renewal, if spiritual revival is something that you desire in your life, I believe that it does start with just the slightest attempt on our part to wrap our minds around the fact that he is, I am. There is nothing above him. There's nothing beyond him. There's nothing that you and I know that exists or has purpose or meaning without him. When we start to try to wrap our mind around that. I believe that, we, that, there, that what comes from within us is this desire then to know him more, to worship him more intentionally, to read his word with more expectation to, to just be in awe of who he is. This was the need for the Israelites. They definitely needed it. They were in slavery. They were in bondage. Their lives sucked. And it's our need too. We, we need to know who this I am, Yahweh, is because he is the most important and most valuable reality like in the universe. There's nothing greater. 
Because if we don't recognize that he is the most valuable and the most important reality in the universe, here's what happens. We make other things the most important and the most valuable. This is, that's what we do. We make other things the most important reality. I am, God says. So four times God declares, I am. He had never done this before, ever. He, he didn't even do it with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Those were his boys. He didn't, he didn't reveal that. He, he said, I'm El Shaddai. He didn't reveal Yahweh yet. But he, so he does it for the first time here with Moses. See, El Shaddai is protect, protector and, and defender, and I'm going to be there for you, and no one's going to mess with you. Like, you're my people, and I'm your God. But now they're finding out that he's also Yahweh. And in verses 3 through 5, so now God has made these declarations of who he is. He now does a little, hey, let's look back, some recollections, to remind Moses. In verses 3 through 5, he's like, okay, here's what I've done. I appeared to you. He said, I've, I reestablished a covenant with, with you. I didn't break the covenant. The others did. The people did. God, I've been faithful to the covenant. He says, I've heard you. I've heard your cries. And he says, I have remembered you. So in verse 3, he says, looking a little more deeply, he says, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's like, I knew them. I was their God. What they did not know was that not only was he sovereign, but he was a redeemer. He wasn't just big and strong and mighty, but he was there to redeem them. Redeem them. Pay the price for them. We just sang that. One day I'm going to sing like Kendall when I grow up. I'm going to sing it just like what you just did. <laughs> he redeems us by the blood of Jesus. So he says, I am Yahweh. And what's new in verse 3 is this revelation of God as Savior. That the Lord sees them and hears them and, and he's going to deliver them. And then he says, hey, I've reestablished this covenant that's been broken. I made promises. I will keep these promises. I have a plan. And I don't know about any of you, but, but I've had promises broken that people have made to me. And I have broken promises. I've had people that have not been faithful to what they said, and I have not been faithful to what I said. But with God, he is faithful. He says, I, I, this covenant is still here because of me, God says. And that's good news for anyone in here who can relate to being someone who's broken your promise. You've discarded a faith that you said would always be true and right. God says, I... I'm, I'm reestablishing this covenant with you. He says, I've heard you. I've heard you. I am listening, Moses. I'm not ignoring you. I've heard the cries of the people. I've heard your cries, Moses. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And again, that's good news for any who feel as if your prayers are not being answered, that they're not being heard, that they're, they're just kind of floating out there in the atmosphere. God hears and then he says, I've remembered. 
in verse five, he says, I am well aware. I am well aware. Like, I do not need a reminder. I know. I remember. He doesn't forget. So God declares who he is. I am Yahweh, Redeemer. He looks back and says, hey, by the way, these are the things I've done. Let's, let's, you know, let's remember these things. I've, 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 I've remembered, I've heard, I've established, I've appeared. And now in verse 6, what he does is he, he looks to the future, and it's really not that a distant future. It's, it's coming. And he says, now, Moses, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Seven promises of salvation. And there are these powerful verbs that you find in the text, and they begin and end, they're bookended with, I am Yahweh. He says in verse 6, I will free you, I will rescue you, I will redeem you. That's good news. That's good news if you're bound up. That's good news if, you're, if you feel like you're in slavery. That's good news if you feel like you're not sure of the way out, that God's promises, he will free us, rescue us, and redeem us. In verse 7, he says, I will claim you. You're mine. You don't belong to the Egyptians anymore. He says, I will be your God. He chooses to be our God. And in verse 8, he says, I will bring you into the land, and you're not going to just be signing a lease because you're renting it. I'll give you the land as your own possession. It will be yours. So God was faithful then in Exodus. And the, here's the really, here's the good news, is that he is faithful to us, and we know this because it happens through Jesus. That the very promises that... Think about this. The very promises that God makes as Yahweh to Moses right here in Exodus chapter 6, he continues on and fulfills through Jesus Christ. And you and I get to live within these promises, these fulfilled promises. Scripture tells us this. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. He couldn't die as, as God. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. That's what, that's what the Israelites were living under. The power of death. Verse 15, only in this way, becoming human, could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So we see here in Hebrews 2 where God's promises that I will free you and I will rescue you are right here in Scripture through Jesus. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ the only way we stand before God and, and don't get just obliterated is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He's redeemed us. He's our Savior, Yahweh. And so we have that, that promise there, I will redeem you. It's through Jesus. 
In Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, it says God's home is now among his people. See, he's not far off. He's not away. He's not distant. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. So we see these promises of him claiming us and being our God. And then in Matthew 25, verse 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. And here we see the promise that we are brought into the land, the promise he made to Moses. I will give you the land as your own possession. Welcome to the kingdom. In seven verses... Four declarations, four recollections, and seven powerful promises from God. Our God loves to make promises, but not only that, he, he, he keeps his promises. He doesn't just say stuff. I mean, like he loves to keep his promise. And have you, have you noticed, have you recognized, have you struggled with this yourself, that we have a problem believing his promises? I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. And I find in verse 9 of Exodus chapter 6 this astounding verse. I mean, it, it really does. It, it, I say astounding. It's like it shocks me, but then it doesn't because I, I live in it too. But this is what happens in verse 9, Exodus 6. So, so Moses and God have had this conversation, right? So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said. So Moses shared, like he shared the declarations, he shared the recollections, he shared the seven promises, he shared all of this, all of this liberating grace and freedom from slavery and new land and they would be his people and they would have all this stuff. And here's what happens. Verse 9 continues, but they refused to listen anymore. Why? Well, the rest of verse 9 tells us. Because they had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. Those are some strong words. And yet, for some of us, they're not, they're, they're not too strong. Like, we get it. We get it. We understand what it's like to be discouraged by the brutality of the slavery that we're a part of. This discouragement, the word there, you could translate it in Hebrew to literally mean shortness of breath, shortness of spirit. It's like, imagine like they're gasping for air. They're, they're so low, they're so broken, they're so overwhelmed by the brutality of the slavery in their lives that they can't even catch a full breath. And they're at that place, and because of that place, they didn't hear the promises of God. They didn't hear the, the promises of God because of that pain, and they didn't see through their suffering. They just didn't see, like, they're just trying to catch a breath. And so they're demoralized by exhaustion. And if you ever, 
I encourage you to take an opportunity to, to really do a, a study, do a deep dive into what the Israelites endured while they were in slavery. Especially as, as like Pharaoh just really ramped up what he called, asked of, or demanded of them as God started to move. They're demoralized by exhaustion, demoralized, and it's brought on, and, and, and it's exact. I mean, I say that, demoralized by exhaustion, that's exactly what some of us could feel right now. Too, we're too hurt to hear and too burdened to believe. And so, you know, you know what we do with this? Like the Israelites, we can, we can turn all these promises that God's made I will do this, I will do this, I will do these things, I will redeem you, I will rescue you, I will free you, I will bring you into the land, I will be your God. All these promises that God says, I will, I will, I will. And what we do in this place of, of just utter brokenness and the brutality of our slavery and demoralized by exhaustion, we hear I wills, and yet in numbness and unbelief, we're like, I won't, I won't. I won't seek your face, God, I won't. I just, I won't, I won't call out to you. I won't, I'm not, I'm, I won't look for you. I'm not going to, I won't listen. I won't believe. I won't believe you could do 70 times seven promises. God, I won't believe. I won't. I'm broken. And, and when, when, I'll say when, because I was about to say if, but I think the truth is when, when you feel like you're at that place, and when you're tempted to take all of these promises of God, these I wills of God, and you're tempted to turn them into I won'ts, like that you won't respond, that you won't hear, would you remember that God says, I am. I am Yahweh. I exist above all things. Before anything existed, I existed. I am. I am worthy of, of your, your attention and your focus and, and, and everything about you. Like, I am the Lord. Oh, but God, you don't understand. I am. Like, he, he is above all things. Anything we try to throw at him, he's like, oh, I am. But what about this God? I am. But, but you don't understand. This how I am. And there's, there's things we can put in there, we can throw back out to God, and there are things that, that we're not even responsible for. I mean, we got enough of that, right? We have enough of our stuff that we're responsible for. We need to be like, okay, yep, I need a redeemer, I need a savior. Some of us in here, we are, there are things in which we go, oh, but God, but this was said of me. This was done to me. This was put upon me. And, and, and God, you know what he says to those things? With compassion and love, great compassion and love. When we say, God, this was done to me, you know what he says? He says, I am the Lord. I am. I don't know exactly why we are prone to act this way, to to ignore the I wills and turn them into I won'ts. I don't, I don't know, but perhaps it's because, go back to verse 3 of Exodus 6, when God says, Moses, I am Yahweh. He says, I, 
I appeared to Abraham. I appeared to, to, to Jacob and Isaac. I appeared to them as El Shaddai. But they did not yet know me as Redeemer. And I wonder if the reason we, we have a hard time with his promises, uh, that we want to hang out in the I won'ts, is because we just know him as this great big tough God who put everything in place and could thump us on the head at any moment and just send us, you know, spiraling off out into wherever. You know, like he's got a giant gavel or something. You know, he's just this impersonal, distant, you know, bully. He says, I am. I am Redeemer. Maybe maybe that's Something that we need to go, okay, God, you are almighty, you are strong, you are powerful, you are mighty, and you are sovereign in the world, but you're also strong and almighty and powerful and and sovereign in my life. I am Yahweh. That we need to understand, that we, we need to experience him as defender and as redeemer and as friend. Porch community, everything that God has promised, everything that God has promised is found in Christ. Everything. He promises to us everything in Christ. See, Abraham, he knew the Lord as a promise maker. He made promises. And Moses knew him as a promise keeper. But you and I have the joyful opportunity to know him as the one who keeps his promises. Yahweh, Redeemer, friend. So he's the one who in all things, the answer is yes and amen. All of those I wills that he promises. With Jesus, the, it gets like the exclamation mark of yes and amen. All those promises. We get, we get an opportunity to, to live into that. And, and, and today, for some of you, it might be that day to make that step. Like you're, you're kind of hanging out and going, I know you as the one who put it all into motion, but I don't know you as redeemer and friend. And, and why, would you, why would you wait another day for that? to step into that relationship, to to say yes to God through Jesus, to surrender your life to him because you know he's going to redeem it and rescue it, to to soak in the knowledge and the forgiveness of, of your sins. So we have an opportunity here in the next few minutes to just lift our voices in praise of the one who deserves our praise. Who, is, who deserves all of our attention and our focus and our intentionality and everything. It should be directed upon him. And we have an opportunity to do that together. And while we do that, there's going to be some wonderful people who just feel like it's their, one of their purposes as being a, a partner in ministry here is to pray with you if you would like someone to pray with you. So they'll be hanging out over here as we go to a time of worship, as the band comes back out, 
I want to, I would, I would like for this truth to settle in on you as we respond to God in, in worship. Every I will, every single I will that God promised ends up as a I did for you in Christ Jesus. Every single I will is answered with I did through Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and I, I pray, Lord, that this, this passage that's rather small but full of truth and full of, of promise and wisdom and, and, and all these things, God, I pray that it would speak to us today by the power of your Holy Spirit. It would minister to us that we would look for these promises, that we would, we would confess how we have failed to believe, how we have failed to, to see you as who you are. God, that we would, we would, we would, we would stop just viewing you as a, a giant invisible force far, far away. We would see you as the person of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, who has come to live among us and to teach us and to speak truth into our life and to declare and to point to you. And God, that we would, mm, we would let you be redeemer. We would let you rescue us. Lord, for those who are demoralized by exhaustion, God, would you breathe right back into them now this morning? Would you just fill their lungs? <laughs> and they would just breathe you in. You'd feel your presence. They would know you are real. God, forgive us for the times we've said, I won't, even though we know you've said, I will. God, will we hand those over to you this morning? places where we've been just numbed with our unbelief, we would just give to you this morning. We're unsure, we're uncertain, we don't know, but we know that you fulfill all your promises through Jesus Christ. And your answer to our prayers and our needs, everything is yes and amen. God, receive our worship right now, receive our prayers receive our confessions, receive our, 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 our intentions. Lord, would they be true and real and not just a, another Sunday we go, yeah, I need to get some things right, but this would be the day that we say yes. And we would say amen because we believe in who you are. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.